Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They got to be some tight asses, don't you think? Oh, they take it very seriously. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, I have an impromptu segment within a uh, Viking segment here for you. All right, I'm gonna I'm just gonna fire this. It's not exactly the old AT40. The countdown rolls on. But it's definitely a countdown worth paying attention to. How do I get ranked? Now, Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. And feel free to add quarterbacks to this list if you want to, but just for fun. And I understand the absurdity of this question in the eyes of many Vikings fans. As, as this season is the focus, it's 9-2 and two and Case Keenum is, is, is playing out of his mind and all these things. But... The Vikings have no quarterbacks under contract for 2018. Zilch, zero, nada. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to pay a lot of money for Case Keenum if they want to bring him back as a starter or a highly paid backup. So they can start from a blank slate and bring back guys that they have right now if they want to. Teddy Bridgewater, free agent. Mm-hmm. Other names to add to the list. Struggling Alex Smith with a first-round pick sitting behind him on the bench. Eli Manning, who was just benched in favor of Geno Smith, has one, two years left on his Giants contract, and you can restructure, get out from some of that guaranteed money if you needed to. He's going to be 37 years old later on this winter. Yep. Rank Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Eli Manning, and Alex Smith in order of your preference to be wearing <laughs> a purple jersey in 2018. <sighs> Does this have to be done still knowing nothing about Teddy? Well, you know, right now whatever we know. you know right now, you know. The question is being posed right now today. All right. And you don't know a lot about Teddy, so. All right. I am going to, for 2018, I'm going to put Teddy 1. I'm going to put Alex Smith 2. Wow. I'm going to put Case Keenum 3. Oh, no love for Eli. I, and I'm going to put Eli number four at the tender age, as you just said, of 36, going on 37 years old. Sure. So Eli, who uh, who is uh, going to see his streak snapped with the Giants and is almost certainly gone after this year, is last on my list. He'll be with a new team for sure, right? It's well, he, possible that Jacksonville, Tom Coughlin connection. It makes perfect sense. It does. It makes absolutely perfect sense. He goes to Florida. He plays in that climate for a couple more years. It's I think yeah. it's a slam dunk that he goes to the Jaguars. I'm going to put Teddy Bridgewater number one as well, which is risky because sure. you don't know what you have in him. I think part of it's going to be salary and that you're not going to, I don't think you're going to have to pay a lot to bring back Teddy Bridgewater. It'll be incentive laden. And I don't know how they structure that or, or how that's going to work with salary cap in mind, but I'm going to say Bridgewater number one. 
boy, Case Keenum and Eli Manning are a lot alike and that neither one is particularly accurate. They need big-time receivers and weapons around them. Now, Eli Manning was a top, highly-touted pick coming out of college. Mm-hmm. Probably just more overall talented and clearly a much more established oh, two-time yeah, sure. Super Bowl MVP. But yes. um, but if like if you put Eli Manning in a situation where there's not a whole lot around him historically, he leads the league in interceptions. Like He's done that multiple times where he'll just throw 20 interceptions in a year because his offensive line is bad or... His star receiver is out, and this season's no different. Um, and Case Keenum's in that same. Case Keenum's a kind of a diet version of that, where if you give him something to work with, he's he's shown the ability to to play well for stretches. Yes. Um, Case Keenum, uh, younger, so I uh, that's actually kind of a toss up for me because I don't think either one of them is going to be great in their circum like Eli Manning at thirty seven. So I'll go Bridgewater, Alex Smith, number two, and then kind of a toss up Keenum and Eli Manning. But even Alex Smith, he's showing you that what regardless is, of a five-game stretch here, three-game stretch there, he's still the same old Alex Smith. What is going on there? The Chiefs are, I'm I'm not shocked they're struggling. I'm surprised it's this bad. I mean, that division is there. That division basically is, the rest of the teams are like, you take it. And the Chiefs are like, yeah, we're not so sure. The Chiefs fall, the Chiefs falling apart to me. I thought that they might start to go in the uh, tank around the playoffs or in the playoffs. I didn't see it coming right now. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. And if you look at just the last month or so, the Chargers are the best team in that division. And it's not just because of, well, no one else wants. The Chargers are playing legitimately good football the last month or so. And Phillip Rivers, if you look at the quarterbacks in that division now, Phillip Rivers, even at an old age, is the best Probably head and shoulders. Derek Carr at some point is going to be, I think he's going to be fine long term, but Phillip Rivers is playing really well. And I think the Chargers actually have one of the best point differentials in the AFC, too. So uh, that's another guy. Like, I could see Phillip Rivers going somewhere else to end his career for a couple of years, go get with a good defense and have a chance to win your first Super Bowl. The title. Chargers are, are plus 47 right now. Yeah, it's the fifth best point differential yep. in the AFC. Yep, best the, in the division. And, and the Chiefs, who have lost their past three, are still plus thirty six. The Raiders and Broncos are respectively minus thirty six, minus yeah. eighty three. But on the, on the Eli thing, real quick, and mm-hmm. I get that this is probably not going to happen because it's like Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in the mix next year. And but Eli has shown the ability. If you put him with a really good defense and a bunch of great pieces around him, he can win you Super Bowls. So if he's available and you don't have to give up a whole lot to get him because now like he ain't going to cost a first round pick from somebody at this point. Mm-hmm. I would think the Giants would take maybe like a third kind of some kind of a mid-round pick, take his salary off the books, they'll start over, they'll draft a quarterback. Yep. Does he do anything for you if Case Keenum goes and signs with somebody else for a bunch of money, you don't feel comfortable with a 3-year big time guarantee money contract? Does Eli do anything for you? In that in that regard, if I if you didn't have Teddy, who, who I, I think uh, these guys perceive to be their future, then yes, yes. If you could play him for a year or two in a dome, he does because he he'd come into an infrastructure offensively that's pretty good right now. He'd be playing indoors, so yes, he does. And I will say this: I think I get what the Giants are doing, but it's nonsense. It's BS. You there are some players I think especially a team like that, right? A franchise like that. There are some players where you have to say, okay, even if we're going to part ways, there has to be an exit plan here that doesn't look terrible. 
The Giants look awful here. They look like complete jerks. And and I think what they're trying to do is go down the path of just tanking, which I get. But where I give the Vikings a ton of credit is this. Adrian Peterson, who got himself in trouble, right? But if you look at how the Vikings exited that plan, it was really well done. And it was classy. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what Peterson's camp said after the fact. They, they took him as long as they could. They never disparaged him. Now, he got in trouble with the league. That's not their fault. They never disparaged him. And in March, they said, goodbye, thank you. If you look at what the Giants are doing now to a guy who has, has won them two Super Bowls, it's complete nonsense. It's BS. Yeah, it's, it would be one thing if you had a Pat Mahomes sitting on your bench that was a first-round pick this year and you want to take a look. But they don't. They right. You know, it's they don't. The next guy isn't sitting there ready. It isn't like Aaron Rodgers is sitting here and the Packers are terrible. And so, well, it's time to put Aaron Rodgers in a game. That's not what's happening here. So now, if they are, I think strategically getting the worst possible record and the highest possible draft pick is the right way to go. If you can somehow finish two and fourteen and lose your next five games, I know that that's that you know diehards would say, well, you can't. You know, if, if, if there's a move you can make as a front office to make your team worse, to get that next quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. But Eli Manning, I kind of agree with Mike Francesa and the rant that Dave played during Stuff You Should Know About. Yep. A lot of his rants tend to be sort of belligerent. and But Ben McAdoo is a, is a bad head coach, and he spent the entire year blaming players and and deflecting things. And Eli Manning has had ups and downs. He's had 27 interception seasons, but he's won two Super Bowls. Yep. He has an incredible streak of 200-plus consecutive yeah, games started going back to ni- 2005. He's a franchise-defining player. But but what drives me nuts about this is it's very clear that uh, Jerry Reese, the GM, came downstairs and told McAdoo, here's what you're going to do. And I'm sorry, but this is one where you say... I'm going to be fired regardless, right? He's not going to survive. So you say, I'm not going to do that. If you want to do it, that's fine. But let's make it very clear. I mean, there's not one person on the face of the earth who follows football who who really believes that the head coach of the Giants has decided they want to see Geno Smith. Hey, the head coach of the Giants, he he really wants to see Geno. No, yeah. he doesn't. So th- there, are, there are a few occasions where I think if you're a coach, you say, I can't do that. If you want to do it, that's fine. You do it. But this is on you. And this is one. It's a franchise-defining player. This is, you're treating a guy who's won you two titles and who's been, as far as I can tell, a great employee and is a star player in a huge town. You're treating him like absolute garbage. Yeah, and so he's gonna, they're going to they're gonna wind up trading him this offseason. Jaguars seem to make sense with the Tom Coughlin connection there. I'm trying to think of other teams that might be ready to win if they just had Denver, a quarterback, a Denver. Denver could would he make go some there sense. after Peyton? Could he follow in the footsteps of Peyton? Sure, he could. I think I, I think I might prefer Jacksonville right now, though. That defense is so good right now. If you put, if you relocated him today, so he just goes right now, which he can't. I think you're talking about a team that we would be legitimately saying AFC potential playoff run. Yeah, he's he's such an interesting polarizing quarterback because he's he's never led the league in yardage or passer rating or or touchdowns and he's had some blow up seasons. He's he's just kind of a a middling quarterback. He's never been better than Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or his brother Peyton. 
I always thought Tony Romo was the better regular season quarterback than Eli in the time where they were going at it for six or seven years. But when 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 everything else around him is right, he's shown that he can kind of flip the switch mm-hmm. December, January and win a Super Bowl. And and Jacksonville does remind you a little bit of some of those Giants teams where they've got the defensive front. They get after quarterbacks. Absolutely. They've got a running back. They've got all kinds of things. They've got some weapons. They're, they're not great, but but if they had the right quarterback, they'd be they'd be sufficient enough mm-hmm. to make a playoff run. Yeah, it would be really fun if Jacksonville said, okay, the only thing we're missing here, sorry, Blake Bortles, but you've had four <laughs> years now to figure this thing out. Bye, Blake Bortles. We just need something at quarterback to give us a chance here. And they would be if like the AFC has two and a half legitimate teams. They've and, and that depends on what you think of the Steelers. Patriots, Steelers, and then the Jaguars defense makes mm-hmm. it two and a half. Mm-hmm. So if you put Eli Manning on that Jaguars team right now, I don't know if they're beating the Patriots on the road in a playoff game, but could they do some but damage and make them. you think? Yeah. Defensively, I would love to see the Patriots defense against an, an offense that's operational. And, and then conversely, because the Patriots defense not great. And then conversely, what would be great fun in a competitive game, Brady against that defense. Yeah. Um, have the Patriots played the Jaguars? I don't think they have, right? I don't, I don't think, think they're so. on the schedule together. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, I don't know, Eli, Vikings don't have any quarterbacks on their on their roster after this season. So, something to consider, depending <laughs> on what happens with the price tag for a Case Keenum and, uh, and Bridgewater status. All right, it's our weekly quarterback cesspool challenge when we come back here. And uh, it looks like we're going to be uh, be lined up with three punishments, one for each of us on the show this week. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. Put down the sports page and listen. On 1500 ESPN. Can I hit that quarterback in the face? I want to do it. Football. Yes. Got any Gruden for me? It is time for, do, do we have any Gruden Got any Gruden? I like some Gruden. Uh, we always have some I'd like Gruden. to order some Gruden. You think you like football? Well, John Gruden doesn't just really like football. He f- loves football. Sometimes they bluff you. Nobody blitzes at all. The next time they might just bring one of these linebackers. The next time they might bring both of them. The next time they might just stunt the defensive linemen. Then they bring all of them. It's a jailbreak blitz. Then they bring four to a side. Then they bring four over here. They bring one here and one over there. They do it all. And Eli Manning has to figure it all out in the noise. America wants to know, I'll ask you after the play, what muddy coverage is. Well, you don't know if it's man-to-man. You don't know if it's zone. You don't know if it's two deep or three deep. They mix it up extremely well. I'm glad we didn't have to wait till after the play. Football! Football, yeah! yeah. There are rumblings, by the way, that John Gruden, uh, if he stays at ESPN, is very interested in getting a new play-by-play announcer to be teamed with. Oh, that they don't get along? He uh, he uh, he gave a lengthy interview in Tampa, and among the things he said is, I really, really, really miss Mike Tirico. Wow. And so now the insinuation from that is that he would like a new play-by-play guy. I mean, Sean McDonough is definitely much more straight up. He's going to call the plays and... He's a pro. Yeah. But Mike Tirico has that little extra flair of personality. Mike, Tari- Mike Tirico right now is play-by-play football, top three. I really like him. He's, he's good. Re- he's, he's really yeah. good. I, I didn't dig him right away because I felt like he was more of a studio guy that they forced into a, a booth at ESPN, but he does do a really good job. Yeah. So anyway, that's You're just the, trying to stall right now. That's, that's speculation. Fine. That's speculation. I'm giving you speculation. <laughs> I'm giving you rumors. Quarterback cesspool challenge. Let's start by celebrating the worst of the worst. Week 12, Eli Manning. Eli hit as he throws, and then he picked off 
over the 14-yard line. And that will write a finish to it. And Kendall Fuller will just about Performance end it. was so bad, it ended his Giants career. Yeah, ends the starting streak. Yeah. Second longest to Favre. Uh, the second worst quarterback of Week 12, according to ESPN's QBR. Second down and goal. Janovich, the fullback, a fake. Lynch, Autry chases. And look out, it's intercepted. It's picked off. Bowman on the ground, and look what he found. Paxton Lynch, who also who was injured during the game and was crying on the bench, and I don't know. I shouldn't laugh. Didn't work out for him. No, it, it did not, not work out for him. And it didn't work out for this guy either. The worst quarterback of Week 12, according to QBR. Trubisky on fourth down. Will go far side. Intercepted by Graham. Inbounds. Could go. Graham. Inside the 20. That's Mitchell Trubisky serving that one up the other way for the Chicago Bears. Oh, man. Uh, so uh, those were the worst quarterbacks of Week 12. Among the quarterbacks we picked... Not really any total disasters. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I wound up with uh, Blaine Gabbert, who wasn't totally terrible. Uh, Dave picked the worst quarterback, Tom Savage, which should just be an automatic yeah. win every single week. Yeah, that's a slam dunk. And even he wasn't a total train wreck, according to QBR, 47.1. Uh, Judd, you put your money on Brett Hundley. On the he road, stunned. And he had the he best game of his life. This was supposed to work for me. And so Judd is last week's loser, picking Brett Hundley, hoping for a meltdown, and uh, instead getting the best game of Brett Hundley's life. So the punishments, as they stand, are happy. all three of us are on the hook for a punishment. It will try to pay those off this week. It was coming off a great, great week for, for me the previous week when I picked the guy whose name I can't even recall. Nathan now. Peterman. Thank you, Nathan <laughs> Peterman. You're very up and down in this game. Uh, you have. You've lost the most where you've picked a quarterback you hope to be crappy, like a C.J. Beathard <laughs> yes, or a Brian Hoyer or Brett Hundley, and then they turn out to have their best game of the year. Uh, but you've also cashed in a few times. with Deshaun Kaiser and Mike Glennon were celebrating the worst of the worst quarterbacks, and we have to pick each quarterback only <laughs> once. Here's the controversy. So you boasted two weeks ago in uh-huh. this very segment uh-huh. about how your next punishment, mm-hmm. you were going to take the morning update challenge, which I paid off a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you were going to take it to a new level. And I believe the words you used were you were going to revolutionize the morning sports updates yep. on 1500 ESPN. Yep. Very braggadocious. Yes, so when quarterback cesspool challenge executives approached you this morning about doing a Friday morning uh-huh. sports update challenge, mm-hmm. you scoffed and mocked and laughed and said, zero chance that happened. I said, I I, I have to go to a wild game on Thursday night. Here's what happened. And I'm going to tell you guys the truth. You're backing out of punishments that you boasted about two weeks ago. Very much so. So so during our our time off, when we took days off on Thursday for Thanksgiving, obviously, and then on Monday, I woke up at approximately 5 o'clock in the morning. And I looked at the clock and I said, I can't sufficiently do this challenge. Because well, what if, time did you go to bed? Because if I wake, I went to bed at a decent time. I believe on Wednesday I got home for the Wolves game and was in bed by 11.45 or so. Anyway, the point being I realized that I would be selling this show very short because I would be so tuckered out by the time that we got to about 10.45 that I can't do this to the show. Okay, Dave, what time do you go to bed? 
between 9.30 and 10 most nights. Not 11.45, though. No. No, but you're used to that. Well, I couldn't fall asleep, and then it would be a complete mess, and then I would be and then I'd be unable to do my job on this show. Oh, just start pounding beers at 6. You'll see, that's, see, that's exactly it. No, I'm not going down that path. It feels like you're being a little selfish. And Very selfish. You're self- putting oh. a self-interest, wild game appearance ahead of... No. Something that could be entertaining and fun for the show. What I'm telling you right now is if it was within the show, I would do it. The problem is it's outside the scope of the show, and therefore within the show, I will be so tuckered by 1045 in the morning that the last two hours won't be worth anything. Well, to say it's outside the scope of the show, we would play chunks of your morning updates on the show and get multiple segments out of it. We'd get a ton of social media run. But I would be falling asleep is what I'm saying during the show. And and let's not forget. This is amazing excuse building right now. And let's not forget (laughs) that I will be serving a punishment and I am the same 48-year-old man who had to wear a Kevin Bacon shirt Size medium a couple weeks ago. Medium generous, too. (laughs) With, With fat visible, and I did it. So I am not ducking. I'm not. I'm not a guy who comes in, in here with some, let's say, saltines and tries to pay my punishment off. No, by don't saying, you do that. My mouth is full right now. This is a difficult punishment. I don't <laughs> do that. Point by I let my no, fat roll point. over my pants for the sake of this show, and I believe my punishment will be. Let's just say enjoyable for the people that see it. The saltine punishment was chosen by you two. I told you that very day I had habanero peppers in my bag. I was prepared to eat them, seeds and all, hot pepper challenge. And you said, you know what? Just do the saltines. I'm sorry you made a bad decision, but don't put that on me. I think there's some personal accountability problems on this show. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh there are. Okay. This no is question. about the show. It's not about individual agendas. You know, there's no wild game uh, tonight, Judd. You could just come in and do them tomorrow. I just told you right now. I am volunteering. We'll give you the noon, do, noon hour off to do. Noon hour I don't off. want the noon hour off. I don't want the. New, I don't want my fans to miss a moment of me on top of my game. This is you so, would think you'd want to give so a little selfish. extra to your fans. This is you not give three selfish. hours of updates, six to nine a.m. Go to the Wingo, the new show, new week. I feel like that's a different audience that might not appreciate me as much. Okay, Mackie and Judd Pohl, to see if we can sway Judd to do his revolutionary morning commentaries or whatever he's going to do with them. <laughs> do you want Judd Zolgat? Something like, do you see Judd Zolgat? I don't know. Do, do you want Judd Zolgad? Would you be entertained by Judd? I'm gonna spit my coffee doing out. morning sports updates from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Let's just say my punishment will be enjoyable for those who witness it. <laughs> well, we and haven't decided forget, what your new punishment is going to be, but too, there are some ideas. Because of my uh, several defeats in this game, I have served a multitude of potentially humiliating punishments. Sure. Well, I mean, like, which I'm but more than willing because, to do. I'm a good sport. But okay, but that's part of the game that you're you've I know. lost the most often. I know and, and I've been and I've been more than <laughs> and I've been more than willing to serve the punishment unlike Saltine Boy. All right, well Dave post this poll. You have the number 1 overall pick for this week. Okay. We're looking to pinpoint the worst quarterbacks of each week. So Judd, take it away. You have the number 1 pick. I'm going to go with the guy that everybody else has picked and won with. Let's go to Houston. Tom Savage. Week in, week out, as long as he is in the lineup, he continues to be a top choice as a cesspool quarterback. The main reason for that, he's absolutely terrible. Just look at the last few weeks of play. Two interceptions last week against the Ravens. Over the last three games, he has thrown five picks. Don't expect it to get 
any better as he leads the Texans offense on the road. They'll be in Tennessee to take on the Titans. It's the third and final time Savage has been picked in the cesspool, and it looks like money in the bank once again. Yeah, he's uh, he's auto crappy pretty much every week. Short so, press conferences, it's really good. Yeah. So I had the number two overall pick in this week's quarterback cesspool challenge, and it was between two guys. Geno Smith, who should never be passed up, unless you have another mediocre to crappy quarterback on the road against the best pass defense in the league in Jacksonville. So, Jacoby Brissett. Wow, interesting selection here. Not your typical cesspool quarterback. Instead of being terrible, Brissett mainly this year has been exceptionally average. Just nine touchdown passes leaded the Colts offense, but only five interceptions. He does control the ball well, doesn't give it away, but the reason he's a top cesspool choice this week, look at the matchup. Colts on the road. They'll be in Jacksonville to take out a very staunch Jaguars defense. It could be a sleeper pick, but a solid choice for cesspool gold in Brissette. I feel like Geno was probably the right pick there, but... <laughs> Might have thought yourself right there. Now Dave picks number three overall. Yeah, I really thought you were going to go, Gino. I was all set to pick a former Super Bowl champion in Joe Flacco. But, I mean, since you left him on the board. Gino Smith. This cesspool draft continues to be a very interesting process this week. Gino falling all the way down to the number three spot despite making his first start for the New York football Giants for a team that has benched Eli Manning, mostly because they have no running game, they have no receivers, and they have no offensive line to protect their quarterback. And have you seen Gino play in the past? This guy is brutal. He looks like a great steal this week as the Giants travel across the country all the way to the West Coast where they will be taking on the Oakland Raiders. Look for Gino to put out one hell of a stinker. All right. Uh, That's the quarterback cesspool challenge for uh, week 13. So maybe just to just to avoid some of the selfish controversy that's happening in the segment, if you guys are listening and you have ideas for what any of the three of us should do for punishments, send an email. Mackie and Judd at 15HardESPN.com. Tweet at us, at Phil Mackie, at 15HardESPNJudd. People have seen my fat. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that. When you're wearing a schmedium Kevin Bacon shirt, and your fat is spilling out. 73% of people on the Mackie and Judd uh, Twitter poll here want you to do sports updates as a punishment. Can people I tape are them? clamoring Can I tape for the you night to do sports updates. Can I tape them? Can I just tape commentaries the night before? You're an incredible loser right now. <laughs> You're really bumming me out. I thought we were going to have fun. We are having fun. You ate crackers. You asked you me to crackers. do that. That Don't was your give me choice. That. You, you clown. Do you want me to show up with crackers? This is my punishment. My no, mouth is because my I would choose a punishment that's actually that? meaningful. Do you want me to do that? I'm sorry. You have absolutely no creativity in it. your punishment. I'll do it. I'll bring crackers in. Oh, you're great. You're just fantastic. Who's got some water I couldn't have? How about Judd? Uh, Judd has to come in and do the sports updates with crackers in his mouth. The peppers were in the house. You still have peppers? Oh, those crackers, those ghost, what are those, those crack, the cracker challenge? Uh, the one chip challenge. The one chip challenge. Yeah. Those are sold out, I guess. 
Oh, did they sell it? No, they're like $40 per chip. They just send you a chip. Why would you want to I was looking this up online. Why would you want to try that? Because I wanted you to have to do it for a punishment. I'm not going (laughs) to puke right in studio. That poor poor woman puked. It's always about you. (sighs) I've shown my fat. My gut was spilling. What more do you want from me? A diet, maybe? Well, that's okay. okay. Luther that's Brookdale good, Toyota, six ninety four in Brooklyn Boulevard, All right. where you can find the best service department and showroom in the Twin Cities. Uh, the 2018 models are all over the lot, and if you haven't checked out one of these 2018 Camrys yet, highly recommended. Uh, in fact, the 2018 Camry and 2018 Hybrid Camry are uh, included $750 bonus cash with uh, with any sort of deal you strike for one of those vehicles. How about the 2018 RAV4 as well? One of the best and most durable SUVs in the world. Uh, the spaciousness of an SUV, but the handling of a car. You can get into a 36-month lease for just $199 per month. So go check out the new exteriors, all the new technological and safety upgrades on these vehicles See my friends on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. My family and I have been going to the same place for decades. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com as well. Phil Mackey. He's got the body language of a whiner. Judd Zolgad. Every time he opens his mouth, it's a garbage dumpster of crap coming out of it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right. E- email from Joe. Mm-hmm. Here we got... We got a bunch of people who called and emailed in that were too hard on you last week. So this is not me and Dave. This is Joe emailing in. Did I hear punishment followed by Judd's needs for comfort? Judd had how long, and that's the best thing he could come up with, sleepy poo? Dave has a small child on top of it. Speaking of child, anyone heard Judd's new excuse for not coming in to do morning updates? He gets really fussy if he doesn't get to watch the wild game with a warm glass of milk and a fresh diaper change. <laughs> Let me only say that it was Dave's choice to have the kid. So it's not that's not my fault. I'm not, not complaining. It's not my fault. You could have gotten plenty of sleep if you had just, you know what, there's plenty of procreation in this world that goes on. If you had just said, you know what, honey, let's just let's let's sit this one out, you wouldn't have the problem. Again, you're acting like I'm complaining about it. Not once have oh, no, I done I... that. And by the way, I'm really good at changing a diaper. So if you need a new one, <laughs> new new fresh set of pants, I can help you out. Actually, you know what? As I age, I might retain you then. <laughs> I mean, because you know, I'm 48. I'm that's not that far from. That's, that's a very good. Point. Hey, Dave, come here. <laughs> I made a stinky. Help me out. If you're not careful. This is going to be the punishment. <laughs> one of you is going to have to change the diaper for the for the other one live on live on the radio. If you're not, oh if you're no, not you careful. couldn't do that for an adult. Now you could bring your kid in, and I could have to change the kid, and you could show me. That would be a great punishment. Actually, can oh we, my, could we make that happen? Do you trust Judd? <laughs> well, no, you you it could and, be off site too, as long as we get video of it. You and your wife could stand there and tell me what I need to do so that I don't goof up. Well, I'd have to but make I sure. I mean, I'd have to make sure it's a number two as well. Right? No, no, no. I I understand the parameters. I mean, she eats a lot right now. What I'm what I'm saying is, I would be willing to do this with your, <laughs> but I would need a a guiding hand because I've never done it in my life. Now we we go cloth diapers too. Okay. So if it is a number two, you actually have to rinse all the uh, the two out of there. Okay. You, save, you, you save you save the cloth diapers. Yeah, you, you yeah. wash them. Yeah. Yeah. You willing to do that too? It's a messy job, Judd. It would be a challenge. 
I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. It would be so definitely a challenge. So, you, so this is more appealing to you than getting up an hour earlier to do morning sports. I have updates. no interest in getting up an hour earlier. <laughs> what? I have not. Yes, yes. This is more. I would be. I would be more apt to actually change it. I mean, every a lot of people have to do it. <laughs> I'm not a fan, clearly. I've never had to do it. Hey, maybe you should come on over after the show one day. You can just sit in the basement and watch your afternoon ESPN programming like usual. <laughs> and we get a, and if I Move get a nice number two, I'll call you upstairs and say, Uncle Judd, you're on. And wow. don't forget the talcum powder. Wow. Well, I'd prefer that to not getting my sleep. <laughs> That's amazing to me. Real. I I worship my sleep. You guys don't understand how much I love my own. Sleep. Oh, you don't understand the smell that goes with it sometimes. Oh, I'm sure I don't. No, no, no. There's things about this I, I don't get. I'm just saying I am will I am willing to I'm willing to incur a punishment that's going to be unfavorable to avoid actually having to lose sleep. But like, okay, this is dragging on way too long, but why not? Yes, it is. By why? Because you're correct. I went to bed an hour early. So that I could preserve the hour of sleep when I did morning updates two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's really easy. Just go to bed an hour early and you won't have to worry about lack of sleep. And we'll even give you the noon hour off. Collar can just talk Vikings. We'll just put a quarter in Collar <laughs> and you can go home an hour would, early and you can nap. I, one, are I there don't. Other hidden things? No, that, no, there's nothing hidden. I just don't. I If I go to sleep an hour early, I'm going to lay there in bed and stare at the ceiling <laughs> and I'm not going to sleep. And then I'm going to get up and I'm going to be dead tired. And halfway through the show, I'm going to be like, I am tuckered out. And I don't want to be. It's very, very simple. All right. All right. Uh, Mike Zimmer is speaking to the media here. I really don't here. want to change a diaper either, but I've If you want to chime in on these last two segments, Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com or Twitter. Oh. Uh, Mike Zimmer is speaking to reporters here. It was kind of a, a pseudo-bye week for the Vikings because they played Thursday. They, uh, they, they weren't practicing over the weekend. And in case you're wondering whether it's Mackie and Judd or other crazy media outlets perpetuating this quarterback controversy. I'm just going to read you a direct quote from Mike Zimmer when asked about Case Keenum. Mm -hmm. We're just going to go one week at a time. (laughs) This is from the Pioneer Press. Zimmer adds he's not looking to pull Case Keenum. So basically, the the head coach of a 9-2 football team with a quarterback who's been playing incredibly well, by any measurement, mm-hmm. with no real reason to pull him out of the game. The head coach, week to week, continues to say, you know, every week's different in the NFL, which is also what Mike Zimmer said. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we're just, uh, we're just we're, I'm not going to promise anything beyond this upcoming road game. Teddy Bridgewater could start still at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. It's also not media-driven. It is head coach-driven. He's actively looking for a spot to put Teddy Bridgewater into a game still. And don't forget, my prediction is during Sunday's game, and he doesn't start. If Keenum struggles, I think when our, our conversation with Collar yesterday hit it, which is I think these next two games are going to to dictate it. They're going to be tough games. And I think if Keenum throws a few irresponsible passes and or just flat-out struggles, I'm not going. To, I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah. I think when you get, I honestly think when you get past these two games, if Teddy plays, it's going to be the Chicago game, and it's going to be with things wrapped up, and it's going to be to give him a chance to play. But I think there's still a fighting chance within these next two weeks that he's going to be given a chance to play, and it won't just be for his own sake. It's going to be for the team's sake. And there, and I guess where I'm at on this is if he does have the carriage turning into a pumpkin game on the road here, Atlanta, Carolina, if 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 that does happen. I think you're out of runway with Bridgewater. I don't think Bridgewater 
after two years of not playing any actual regular season NFL football. Yep. I know that a couple home games, three week opponents to end the season is a nice little runway if you if you could take off, but I mean he's not gonna come in and within three games look like he's supposed to look like No, absolutely you know, not. Af- you know, after and he after might all not this right time. Now. So I think you're just you're riding or dying with Case Keenum, even if he does have a clunker game against Atlanta or Carolina. You're just going to have to hope he dusts himself off and comes back and plays well. As smart as teams want you to think that that they are and that they know more and that they're insiding on things and that you don't see things, okay? Kean Fahey's film breakdown is not wrong. The guy watches a ton of quarterback breakdown film. He's not wrong. When he can go through and basically document for you on Twitter that if this pass goes awry a little bit more or that or that pass does, that Keenum is is sitting on potential picks, that's exactly what the Vikings see. Yeah. So so if this was just us being like, oh, let's just spitball, then I get it. Dismiss it. That's fine. But this is a guy who does this all of the time, watches every quarterback. And he does. He's not bashing Case because he doesn't like him. He is essentially documenting for exactly what the Vikings are seeing. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you have sort of contrasting advanced metric uh, websites, pro pro football focus, and Key and Fahey, who do basically play by play grades. Was this a good pass? Forget the result. Was this a good pass? Was this an accurate pass? And then add up the grades and then compare it to the rest of the league. And then objectively rank the quarterbacks, and both of those, Pro Football Focus and Keen Fahey, say, yeah, he's below average. He's just being elevated by Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs and an offensive line and Pat Shermer. Meanwhile, Football Outsiders and ESPN's QBR they take into account results. So, if the pass is complete on third and eight for 14 yards in the fourth quarter of a high leverage situation, you get credit. Even if it was a horrible low throw and Adam Thielen dug it out and he did the work. Absolutely. Or yes. he ran 65 yards for a touchdown. Yep. So, yeah, all, I mean, but I think two things can be true. Keenum can be getting bailed out by really good wide receivers and can be having his play elevated by really good people around him. Um, like, that can be true. And also, he's playing better than he ordinarily would. And there's just not really a better option once you get into December. When your other option hasn't played in two years, you're just going to have to hope that sure. this formula works as long as it possibly can this season. And the last two games, Case has played well. I mean, Case has made maybe a throw here or there that, that you don't like, but for the most part, he's played well. But I think the problem with this entire conversation is is it enters the realm now in sports of, of it's right or wrong. Case is your guy or he's not. And what the Vikings, I think, are saying is, no, no, no. We digest all of the film, all of the throws, all of the advanced stats, and we try and put those together with a, with the eye test and say what gives us the best possible chance. You don't need to be all right or all wrong. There's a middle ground here, and and to your point, I agree. At some point in time, it's going to be past the point of, of no return. I think these next two games are that point. I think if you get to the Bengals game, and Teddy hasn't started. If he starts, it's to see how he does. I think if he plays in these next two games, there is a very good chance that they are going to pivot from Case to yeah. Teddy. So if you're just tuning in, you're wondering why the hell are Mackie and Judd still talking about Teddy Bridgewater? Case Keenum has been magnificent because the head coach just took the podium 10 minutes ago and said, yeah, we're still week to week on Case Keenum. Every week's different in the NFL. 
uh, Teddy Teddy could still get into a game. Not ready to commit. I mean, that's what that's what the head coach of a nine and two football team mm-hmm. is telling everyone. So Mackie and Judd will get to a Michael Jr. at twelve fifteen. So in about a half hour from now, uh, more on the Wolves and that disappointing performance last night. Uh, Mackie and Judd. You think you like football? Herm Edwards doesn't just really like football. He f- loves football. He is playing good football. The Packers are a good football team. I didn't understand the Packers are not a good football team. Football! Football, yeah! yeah. Football! Yeah. Football! Yeah. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I don't get. Mackey and Judd. It's very, it's odd at times. On 1500 ESPN. 1500 ESPN. Visit St. Paul, the city of St. Paul, and Wells Fargo. Invite you to experience Wells Fargo Winter Skate, a free outdoor artificially chilled ice skating rink in downtown St. Paul at Rice Park. Open seven days a week, located in the heart of the city. Winter Skate creates a fun winter experience for visitors of all ages. More details can be found at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. A question here, Judd, from Wally on Twitter. Isn't it probable that Zimmer keeps the week-to-week stance on Case Keenum versus Bridgewater on the table to keep the next and the next and the next opponent guessing who to prepare their defense for? I've always thought that was an overrated concept, unless the choices were Michael Vick in his running prime or pocket passer guy like I mean Teddy Bridgewater especially after surgery he's not going to be running around you're you're talking about two pocket passers who are going to be mostly implementing the same offense so mm-hmm. I don't think he's doing it strategically I don't think he's doing it like some people have suggested to keep case motivated because this is what really lights cases I've fire seen that, I've seen that a lot that I think this is all a ploy I think Mike Zimmer really wants Teddy Bridgewater to be a starting quarterback and case Keenum's not giving him the opening to make that happen and so he's just going to go week to week I think if you if we didn't uh know and it, it wasn't out there how much Zim loves Teddy then I think you could say okay perhaps he thinks that case just really loves being you know the the week to week I still don't know um but I don't I don't see this as a ploy I don't think Zimmer, as much as he wants to, at times, try and be a football coach who who sells you on something, I think for the most part, he considers that to be sort of BS too. I think this is very. I think that this is driven by the fact that he still sees an opportunity for Teddy to play. I really do. Um, there's nothing that. There's no way I don't think that he really sits there and thinks. You know, Case loves this. When I don't give him the job, you know what he really like. He yeah. really, you know, I mean, that might be a college or high school thing, but this guy's been a backup before. I think the one thing the Vikings are banking on is what we have brought up several times, which is this. If Keenum struggles and they go to Teddy and Teddy just clearly can't do it, they are fully convinced we'll go back to Case. Like that's the one that's the one thing that's not talked about enough to me is this guy is used to being a backup. He seems to me to be a good soldier. He seems to me to get it. I don't think that if you go away from him and then bring him back, he's wrecked. And so I think the important thing to keep in mind is is option two or three in their mind is Keenum struggles. We play Teddy. We look at Teddy. Teddy's not good, not ready yet. We go back to case. Are there any examples in like the last 30 years in the NFL where a backup quarterback came in or a guy who hadn't been the starting quarterback. I mean, it's semantics here. Teddy Bridgewater is the starter who's 
So it's, but if of a guy who came in this late in the season for like the first time, basically, and then led that team to a Super Bowl title, Jeff Host, when did Jeff Hostetler take I'd over have, for Phil Sims? I'd have to look if because Sims got hurt that year, right? But I think that was earlier in the year. I'm pretty okay. sure Hostetler yeah, played I'm a lot of that sure. season. That's it would seem to be a pretty rare feat. Now Trent Dilfer took over. Pretty early in that year, I want to say in October for uh, Tony Banks and the Colts <laughs> the way back then. Right, Morrill took over for Unitas at some point, but that's wow. in the seventies again. I mean, that's that's, that's so far way back. back. That's a different game. So yeah, I mean, but but I do, but I do think the one thing we're dismissing in this entire uh, conversation too easily is the fact that this team is probably very convinced that if Keenum has to come back, he can, and he probably can. I mean. You could go through the whole well, the momentum and and this and that, but if they perceive Keenum is having a bad game, then that's basically gone right there. And so you turn to Teddy. Teddy comes in. He's great. That's fantastic. He comes in. He struggles. You say, okay, Case, you're back up. Yeah. I mean, if you get into his, you're you're going to have to win playoff games with defense first. Hold opponents under twenty points if you can. Uh, if you get into a spot where oh you're up against the Atlanta Falcons and it's indoors at US Bank Stadium and their offense is clicking and you need Case Keenum to outduel Matt Ryan and it has to be a 34-31 win, that's where I'm getting uneasy. Now I'm not saying that I would feel better about Bridgewater being in that game because we just like short term we don't know about Bridgewater. Long term we don't know, but especially short term. So your defense is what will yes. carry you or kill you yes. in the playoffs. Uh Jeff Hostetler. 1990 was the season, right? Mm-hmm. That was pretty late in the year. He only started two games in 1990 for the Giants in the regular season and then three in the postseason. So I guess that would Got be a the, text here. Bra- Brady for Bledsoe? That was after two games. So, okay. Brady came in in week three. Because he got hurt against the Jets, right? Bledsoe did? I don't remember the opponent. I, I think just he got his being block the, knocked off. Or or it might have been the first game. They were 0-2 to start that season. Then Brady yeah. came in and... And uh, the rest is but, but to your point, the thing about this is, is a, as pleasantly surprised as, as we are by what the Vikings have done offensively, this does come back to if you say, if you get into a, a game that ends up 38 to 31, you're just in trouble. I mean, that's not your game. So we lose sight at times of the fact that all of these conversations are, are truly built around the defense. The offense has to play well, but if the offense has to carry you, you're in trouble. Yeah. Mackie and Judd, another hour to go here. Mike Golick Jr. will join, make his weekly appearance. Always fun talking football with him. Uh, we'll do that in about 20 minutes from now. Our Timberwolves, so conflicting. They're 12-9. and nine. They lost again last night, though, and it just, it just doesn't feel right, despite the fact that this is the best season that we've seen in 14 years. It doesn't so, look right. That's my problem. Let's talk it. more about it, and we can open up the phone lines, too. 651-646-8255. 